I am out of the city right now. I have left again. Bum, 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 bum. Um, oh, it's one of my roommates. It's one of my roommates' birthdays. So mm-hmm. for the week, he booked this Airbnb in Pennsylvania, and that's where we are. And so mm-hmm. it's beautiful. It's surrounded by woods. Um, it's 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 fantastic. Great. Well, they we they don't have a coffee maker. They mm-hmm. only have a Keurig. Mm. This is not a sustainable option. No, it's not for anyone who likes coffee. <laughs> I I drink a fair amount of coffee, both because I enjoy drinking it and because I enjoy being awake. And so this this whole thing of like, oh, we're splitting the groceries, and but are we already using an equal amount of K cups? And oh, the K cups are got like the fact that you have to use. You know, if you want two cups of coffee, you have to use two cups and there's only 12 in a box. And then so suddenly oh, these people can't have coffee and we got to ration them out over the sev- this period of time. I'm like, if you just if we if we could use bad coffee, then we wouldn't have this problem. I, I'm literally boiling water in a pot with coffee grounds <laughs> to fucking make this work. And like ladling it out as slowly as I can just to make sure <laughs> that that I don't get as many grounds and it's oh, awful. God. So what I would like to do is I would like to get it's rid of Keurig entirely. <laughs> yeah, good good idea. I mean, it's so funny cuz yeah, they're well, okay, yes. I they're I know that my um my parents-in-law, my in-laws, they have like Keurig has now like they're like refillable uh, like pouches, you know, so you don't have to like throw them away as well. Um, obviously this is still not a solution for somebody, you know, who just wants a whole pot of coffee easily, mm-hmm. but like, at least it's a helpful step. And cause otherwise Keurig is just like, so wasteful too. It's just like a hundred percent. I agree yeah, with you, but you know. my, my mom uses one that is, you know, it's like wire mesh mm-hmm. and she fills it with her coffee and makes her coffee from that. Um, so yes, there is there is like a sustainable way to make a singular cup of coffee, but like right, still just one cup. Right, right. Mm-hmm. It is not a coffee drinker's uh, suitable option. So I just mm-hmm. wanna I wanna zip zap, zap Zop. it away, zap it away, oh, zap it fair. away. That's fair. Zap it away. Something, and I'm gonna exchange it for the phrase zap it away. No Great. more K cups, no more Keurigs. <laughs> just zap it away. Zap it away. All right. That's yeah. uh I think that's valid. Um What about you? I, I um I'm just gonna to continue on the theme of domestic woes. Ooh. Um I just wish I just wanna get rid of the need to clean a shower slash bath. Mm. I just wish that that was like one thing that just could just was like self-cleaning or didn't get it's just like so gross and like also you know i my hair i shed a lot uh and so pulling out that wad of hair from the drain it's just gross and i realize that you know this is not something that is necessarily the shower or bath's fault i mean yeah i definitely didn't put the hair in there it's true it's true uh but it's just i wish that uh, maybe it's about like being made of different material the hair is okay uh, hair is sure but um 
like if if I don't you know like the way the way and even if you clean no, a I, lot it's like the, the what is that called where you know the the like it's not spackle it's not grout uh, the oh god the thing you know between the wall and the bathtub itself that like the seal oh, um isn't it isn't it grout is it grout I think it's grout caulk uh, caulk yeah the caulk the grout. You know, like no matter, like eventually that's right. just going to get gross. And no matter how much you clean it, it's just going to look all black and moldy. And I just, I just yeah. hate it. And there's nothing like feeling like you're taking a nice clean shower in a nice clean tub. But if you feel like it's dirty around you, it just doesn't feel as clean, you know? When you, when yeah. You're and I got to say to me, like cleaning, you know, get the bleach out, spraying it down, scrub, scrub, scrub. That doesn't like affect me generally what bugs the crap out of me is like do taking a shower and then like when you've gotten out of the shower you've dried off and then you look back at the tub Mm -hmm. and you see like the stray hairs that like that haven't collected around the drain but are like on the body of the tub and like oh maybe lint from your socks or whatever like Mm -hmm. in the shower and then having to like clean that up because that's like it's just like big, like the routine maintenance of the tub is fine, but like that short term dirt that like came off of you in that moment, mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm like, uh, mm-hmm. all right, let me just take care of this really quick. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, no, I um co miserate, and cool. I would love to zop that away. Let's zop that away. Zop it away. It's gone. It's gone. Gone. All righty, all righty, should I welcome us to Should We Keep This, the cultural review podcast that's down, that's got the 411, and you're not going out and getting jiggy with some boy, I don't care how dope his ride is, you know it, you love it, you're a virgin who can't drive or look back over the past 50 years of film, music, and television to challenge your nostalgia, to see if you could be a farmer in those clothes, and get at the (laughs) question... I know you can be overwhelmed. I know you can be overwhelmed and you can be underwhelmed, but can you ever just be whelmed? I love my Prada backpack. I am Gina Stevenson. (laughs) And today we're talking about... (laughs) clueless and 10 things i hate about you indeed which are the same movie it turns out um essentially we've got so this is you know it's a pretty obvious pairing this week we've got our mm-hmm. high school coming of age movies that were you know loose adaptations of uh older works older works you know, um, I'd say English literature, but you know, Shakespeare. Sure. You could say, you know, is is a drama. drama. Uh, you could say we could argue the differences between drama and literature. But mm-hmm. yes, um, we have. <laughs> we don't need to. Clueless, <laughs> Clueless, which is an adaptation of Emma, and Ten mm-hmm. Things I Hate About You, an adaptation of The Taming de la Shrew. No, was that was yeah. that written in French? I didn't know that. It was. It was oh, actually because. Wow. Uh, people don't know this, but actually Shakespeare was writing in French and, uh, all, all we have today, they're actually, um, uh, English translations of his original French, much uh, like the Bible, you know, you know it wasn't yeah. written in English. It was, it was written mostly in, in Greek. Uh, yes. Oh. 
Um, the Bible was also written in French, yeah. Oh, it was also written in French. Yes. Sure. Um, that's, you know, fascinating. Right. Some hot takes yeah. you hear it here first, folks. Right. You, you, heard uh, it. you heard it. I mean, you heard it. You heard it. You heard it. Um, but really, though, okay, so yeah, there's just so much that makes these, and watching them too, I started making a list of all of the things that these movies have in common. Big things and small things, you know. So the things right. we've mentioned high school coming of age, uh, adaptations of classic literature, single dads and their daughters, girls falling for the wrong guy, concussions, uh, <laughs> Click explanations. Click click explanations. Yep, where the new guy in school, the new person in school, is given a walkthrough of the school, and instead of being shown around to actual buildings and relevant information, there is this group, and there is that group, and there is that group. Yes, got it. I thought you meant like click C L I C K, but yep, you're right. Nope, I meant C L I Q U E S. (laughs) Uh, Famous bands playing at presumably high school parties, all kinds of I would of even say presumably things. famous bands playing at presumably <laughs> Wait, what do you mean? <laughs> I mean, I, like, I, I didn't realize the band at the Skunk Club into Things I Hate About You was uh-huh. an actual band because it was like well, this like semi ska band with the with a bleach blonde lead singer. I was like, was this yeah. is this a fake no doubt? But no, what? it is not. Wait, you you mean the one with all guys? The ska one with guys? No, and that's oh the one oh, in the skunk club no, no. had a female lead singer. Skunk club. Which movie is this? Even wait, the, I I said club? ten things I hate about you. So the skunk okay, club okay. is like the I, the like okay, got it, femme got it, got club it. that again they are the same to. movie. Totally. Oh, right. No, no, I mean I mostly I mean, meant midpoint ska parties is on I my mostly, list of things that are the same. Sure, sure, but also letters to Cleo just plays their prom at the end, and then we've got the. It's the mighty mighty boss tones in Clueless. Anyways, mm. definitely like actual bands, which is obviously a famous band. Bands. I mean, uh, okay, look, they yeah. Judging by right. the the <laughs> small crowd size and the really awkward attempt at crowd surfing, perhaps not the most yeah. famous. Um, but anyways, uh, so yeah, these we, are. We also and, have and, reading mm-hmm. uh, reading books as character development, um, or as like mm. character assignment. You know, mm, like, true. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. and then uh, yeah. teens buying alcohol at clubs as if there aren't uh, laws. <laughs> I mean, he le- he leisure just walks up and he buys alcohol like no ID shown. And then yeah. Christian at the at the club in Clueless right. is buying alcohol, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, like mm-hmm. he's like, you'll never believe this. They're charging, they're charging for, for briskies. <laughs> and I'm like, well, what buddy, do you mean? They're letting you they're buy briskies? They're selling you briskies? <laughs> yeah. Right, right. <laughs> you were a sophomore in high school. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you should not be indignant about this. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. Really. Yeah. And I'm so excited that these are, we're talking about both of them because, yeah, they are so similar and yet also so different. Yes, um, uh, indeed. So, which I, one? I would love would to start, start with, with 10 Things I Hate About You. Is that okay with you? Um, there are 10 things that make me want to say yes to that. So let's oh, go. wow. One, that's... I watched it first. Two. Ah, me too. That's, that's the end of my list. <laughs> Great. Um, All right, 10 Things I Hate About You. This is from, oh, I'm mixing it up in my brain, 1999. You got it right. Great, okay. The other one's 95. Okay. 
Uh, 10 things I hate about you. So uh, the movie begins with, we learn, okay, we meet Cameron, who is a new student at Padua High School uh, in the Seattle area. And upon arriving, he becomes immediately smitten with one Bianca Stratford, an untouchable popular girl who Cameron is warned is vapid, conceited, and anyways out of reach because her father is overprotective and won't let her date until her sister Kat dates. Kat is an outspoken young feminist, unimpressed by trivial high school rituals like dating. Uh, when Cameron asks Bianca out, she suggests that Cameron find someone willing to date Kat so that she too can be allowed to date, even though she actually wants to go out with Joey, who is a rich, self-centered tube sock model. He also models other things. Um, Cameron gets Joey to pay this mysterious bad boy, Patrick Verona, to woo Kat so that one of the others can date Bianca. Uh, it isn't easy. She rebuffs his advances, but eventually agrees to go to a party with him. At the party, Kit and Patrick begin to really connect while Bianca realizes how shallow Joey is and starts to fall, maybe, or at least she kisses Cameron. Um, Kat tells Bianca, okay, so yeah, then they're falling for each other, etc. Some time passes. This is not at the party. Kat tells Bianca that years ago she and Joey had dated and she was peer pressured into having sex with him, and then he dumped her, so she vowed to never again do things just because everyone else was doing them. Uh, because of this, learning about this, Bianca decides uh, to go to the prom with, uh, what's his name? Joey. Cameron. Jo Cameron. Whoa, sorry. Yeah, I just got yeah. a little brain fart. Uh, not Joey, because he's the one who dated, slept with Kat. Okay, uh, so she decides to go to the prom with Cameron. Um, mm -mm 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 -mm. Okay, and then we jump to the prom where uh, a jealous Joey reveals the fact that he had been paying Patrick to date Kat. Cat's uh, understandably upset. Joey also mouths off about Bianca. Cameron gives Joey a nice little punch, but then Bianca comes up and she beats Joey up um, because she's learned that he's an asshole. Uh, the next day or sometime later, Kat uh, reveals in English class through the reciting of a sonnet she wrote that she is still in love with Patrick despite... Uh, all this turmoil, and the two of them reconcile, admit that they are falling for each other, they kiss, and we pull back to a helicopter shot of Letters to Cleo performing on the roof of the school. Yeah. Uh, I want to say, uh, I tip my hat to you, it is a, it is, you know, Shakespeareanly uh, intricate, this plot, mm -hmm. in terms True. of condensing to a, a single paragraph, not mm -hmm. an easy task. Um, Thanks. But yeah, so uh, this movie, uh, another similarity is basically the budget and profit. They were made for mm -hmm. about the same amount of money and they made about the same amount of money. Uh, so this <laughs> movie was made for 16 million and it made 53.5. It was uh, something I didn't know um, was that it was made into a TV show in 2009. Oh, what? Um, yeah, they did a TV show adaptation in wow. 2009. Yeah, it, it ran for about 20 episodes. Um, now, they had a number of people who were already famous in this movie. Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt was already in Angels in the Outfield, already in Third Rock from the Sun, already in Halloween H2O. Um, Larissa Oleniak, who plays Bianca, was already in The Secret Life of Alex Mack and a, a regular in the Nickelodeon TGIF landscape. Then... Um, Larry Miller, who plays the dad, was already playing lots of like TV dads. We get mm -hmm. Andrew Keegan, Joey, uh, David Crumbled, Michael, Allison, Janney, baby. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> and then, yeah, this movie did give us 
Julia Stiles, who yeah. this was also the beginning of her late 90s Shakespearean adaptation saga. She did uh, Ophelia in Hamlet, and she was also Desdemona in O, the adaptation of Othello. And mm. um, Heath Ledger. Save the Last This dance. gave us him. Save the, I mean, how did you know the, the Save the, the Last Dance was in adaptation there? Right, of Save the Last King Dance. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, and then... He, it gave us Heath Ledger. It gave mm -hmm. us Susan May Pratt, who later went in was in um, uh, Center Stage. She's the she's the friend. She's Julia Stiles' friend. Oh, um, uh -huh. Who like I feel like is super yeah. recognizable, but she, she only familiar, did like yeah. a couple mm -hmm. movies, and then like left the scene. Um, yeah. But then the character's name is Mandela. I just learned I, her. I, I did not know. Really, it, her name is only used once, and I uh, that okay. Um, not not <laughs> yeah. for this section. Not for this section. Mm -hmm. Um, and then it also gives us the screenwriting pair, Karen McCullough and Kirsten Smith. This was their first screenplay that they wrote together. They went on to write Legally Blonde, Ella Enchanted, She's the Man, and yeah. also coming up. The un the untitled animated sequel to Spice World. Wait, what? That what do you mean coming up? That's gonna happen? Yeah, it is it is listed it as works? upcoming. Get out. Oh my god. I am I am <laughs> I in. Am I am not getting Spice out. World I am fan. in. Oh my god. Wow. Yes. And then animated? the one person animated. Nice. Now the okay. one thing that um the one person who was not quite famous yet, she she had to wait one more year before she became like well known uh, for her role in Bring It On, Gabriel Union. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Um, oh, Bring It so, On was a year later. Yeah, Bring It On was two thousand. Mm -hmm. wow. Yeah. wow, and she was already wow. doing like some bit parts in TV. She had a um, like a a few episodes in in Seventh Heaven, uh, mm. but yeah. She, Seventh heaven. And she was in she went on to do um Clueless the TV show. So another this is also a TV show of Clueless. Similarity. So it's very the same. Wow. That's crazy. Right. Right. Anyways. Um yeah. So the references that this movie gives us, um I don't so I think that the biggest one has to be singing in the bleachers. Mm, yeah. Right. Um, and then the other ones, uh, oh, the, and then her sonnet that she reads at the end, yeah. The like, I hate the way you, and I hate the way you, yeah. blah. Yeah. Even worse, I hate you when you make me laugh. <laughs> Even worse when you make me cry. Um, now, do you have any like? Did anything else stand out to you as like big ones? <sighs> yeah. No, I don't. I was just trying to. On the timeline of high school movies, I mean, I guess actually though Clueless was before this, but there's just so many like high school movie tropes mm. that like that continue in like Mean Girls and like all kinds of later movies that I just like don't actually know where they originated. So, but again, sure. this actually, if either one was to have done that, it would have been Clueless because that was before this. But right, uh, well, like I mean, I think that like the painting scene, like the paint balloon mm. scene, is like iconic and memorable but you know it, it, there, you don't see like lots of paint balloon scenes no. in other movies um, right right yeah no i know no, that like yeah 
some things I remember a lot as like in detention when the PE teacher is like interrogating that one kid is like, you got pot, don't you? Uh-huh. I'm confiscating this. Looks down at the Cheetos. This too. This too. Yeah. Um, right, right. I actually, yeah. and I had never, I only saw this movie for the first time like two years ago, maybe. Oh, wow. Um, weirdly enough, this is just one that I uh, hadn't, I'd heard about for sure and just had never seen. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. I had seen so, Clueless a lot, but I had not seen this one. Hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so no, I don't, I can't think of any other specific references from yeah. it. Um, shall well, we vote? Shall we vote? Shall, shall we? One, two, two, three. three? Yeah, Keep no. it. No. What? No. Unfortunately, oh, no. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Great. Go I'll for tell it. You Go my, in. I'll tell you my my overarching reason. Uh, so I feel like the way that it ends with everybody sort of in like the way that it it, it ends like happily because like everyone has ended up with like the right person supposedly. Um, and I feel like that, however, the like happy feelings we're left with completely, uh, don't like mean that we don't have to go back and think about and like interrogate the super problematic, uh, foundation of like the entire world of this movie. You know what I mean? Like we actually end up uh, being happy that, you know, Kat is dating this guy and, you know, uh, Cameron and uh, Bianca are together and all these things. Like, they're meant to feel happy because from the beginning, we are sort of meant to kind of see that, like, those are the right pairings, sort of. Um, but the movie is entirely, uh, I mean, it's just so, ter- like, horribly, like, misogynistic in its very core. And I think, like, essentially, um, the whole, you know, a, I just want to say that like, why we don't know anything. It's interesting that we don't really know anything about Cameron, except that he likes Bianca. And, you know, usually that is sort of the opposite in movies. Like we don't know anything about the female character, except that she's smitten with some leading male. So it's interesting that it's reversed, but the only reason that she seems to like him is because he likes likes her, I think. Uh, And then this whole thing of like orchestrating these men or young, young men, boys, like orchestrating behind the scenes, Mm -hmm. what, what manipulating women so that they can get what they want um, in the end ends up completely working out for, for everybody. I mean, like the only person who doesn't succeed is Joey and we don't want him to because we know we can see right away that he's like, you know, self-centered and, and not, you know. Um, so yeah. And I feel, I just feel like it's, it's like the, the happy ending means that like, there's not really much critique, uh, of that. Yeah. Well, I mean, so I feel one, the whole genre of there is like, it is definitely a, 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 a fixture of the genre of teen, comedy where a guy takes makes bets to get girl and the the whole foundation is that uh the whole foundation of any of their romance is that he's only doing it because he's in competition with somebody else 
Um, that is in every way, shape, and form uh, a terrible genre. My biggest pro- like my biggest problem with exactly what you're talking about is yes, Joey gets his comeuppance. I think that more than other movies, more than other movies, Heath Ledger, they do they portray his like uneasiness and like mm-hmm. um dislike for what is happening and right. also his tra- like his sort of falling for her um doesn't mean that it, it doesn't change that it's like doesn't make it good that he uh you know felt bad about doing the shitty things that he did but he um but I think that the worst part about what you're talking about is that, like, so he has to, like, he, you know, Joey gets beat up on the floor prom. He gets, you know, he has he has to apologize, gets exposed, um, has to sort of confront the shame of that. But the one person that that doesn't is Cameron. He mm-hmm. gets what he wants, but he's the one who orchestrated the whole thing. Right. Exactly. He yeah. he was the entire reason that anything in the movie happened. And he just gets to go sailing. Yeah. That totally, I was totally. like, wait, this is this is a, there's a hole in this. Right. He's uh, just he's he has succeeded like the manipulation was a success and so like the lesson for him is like great yeah that worked and i could do that again potentially you know what i mean I, right and, and also, also all like... the times that he's looking sour and like feeling mm-hmm. sad that bianca like tricked him be- and mm-hmm. really wants joey like what he's expressing sadness about is that what his pl- his his deception isn't working well right, enough right yeah like yeah yeah, and so I feel like that whole category of like dudes making bets about getting the girl, like that certainly I'd love that whole category to be gone because like again, of course, it's really a movie. I mean, it's interesting because this movie uh feels yeah, like it's trying to tell us that it's about Kat and Bianca, but like it really does because of that, because of Cameron like having been like the the one who actually is pushing the action forward, like it's really about Cameron. And he, in the end, like, has uh, succeeded and, like, not had to really learn anything. Um, And also, like, I just want to, I'm, okay, so Bianca, I just am one, I'm like, is this actually what high school dudes are, like, coveting? Like, she is, she's, okay, if you look at her costuming, by the way, like, the entire movie, she is literally dressed like a little girl. Uh, And people talk about her, like, she's so pure you know, virgin alert, uh, is how Joey is reminded of her existence. And like all these dudes want her because she is like, because she's like a virgin slash like pure slash little girl kind of, you know what I mean? And I'm like, is like, this is, which of course is like very much, uh, like Shakespeare thing of like this sort of purity and, you know, all Mm. these things. And I'm like, is, but like, it's seeing it in the context of the modern day. Um, I'm just like, what like I, I is this truly something that like high school dudes are like talking about uh i don't or... 
I honestly don't know because like you could say that because we're seeing it in movies, it has to be, have some sort of semblance of reality, but like, I don't know. I, I, I honestly don't know that it does. I have. Yeah. I mean, I have it's just experienced one person in my life who says things like, like we were, I like ran into him and he was like, Oh, uh, what school you go to? I was like telling him, you know, about the, about school. And he was like, Oh yeah, you got a lot of honeys there. And I was like, (laughs) (laughs) what Uh, did you just, did you just use the word honeys unironically? (laughs) What are you dude? Um, And that, but he's the only person that I have Mm -hmm. ever met like that. Mm -hmm. But right. it's like, granted, I didn't go to a school that had clicks at all. Like, I don't really know if this mm-hmm. is how it works. I don't know. I've, I've, I mean, I've never it, even it, gone to a school that has athletics. Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, it certainly could be. And, like, I also, you know, only have my own experience and then, like, movies to, like, base it off of. But it just, like, it, it's because it's, if you think about what that means, you know, it just goes back to these sort of, like, puritanical, like, slut-shaming things. Because, like, if so, she's coveted because she's pure and a virgin. And like we learned that Kat is not a virgin and that like is part of why she was discarded and like she's less, co- you know, like she, of, of course, like because of that. In, that well, I mean, it's not like, why she was discarded, though. The reason well, that, that he she, broke up with her is because she didn't want to have sex again because she said she wasn't ready, which is not that right. he had sex with her and was like, all right. Sure. Dunzo. Right, right. She didn't want to have sex again. Yes. Um, uh, but like re- regardless, like so again, like, I mean, he if like but she he still he did have sex with her once you know what i mean and like whereas at whereas for bianca they're going after her because she hasn't had sex and so it's this weird like you can i i just fill on the dots of like if she did have sex once and then like mm. if bianca did you know and then was like oh i shouldn't have done that i don't feel ready then like probably we just have the same situation again you know what i mean um sure. just because that's no, like these kind of yes um, and it's so, I like, at some point there's one scene where it's before, I think it's like right before, uh, Kat like tells Bianca what actually happened with Joey, where like Kat is looking down and sees Bianca like sitting in the tire swing outside and just like her outfit, like she just literally is wearing like Mary Jane's and like little, like, you know, ankle white socks and like a long dress and her hair is like, like a little girl style. Like it's so it's just so obvious. Like it's, it's really creepy to me um, because it's like, so uh, supporting this, like her purity in her innocence is like what makes her appealing. Um, also another thing these movies have in common is uh, daughters calling their dad, daddy. Oh, yep, um, that's also and, on my list. <laughs> and, uh, like, yeah. And then like the dad, of course, like is, you know, he's just so, he's so worried that they will be taken advantage of, uh, in, if they date, like, you know, not like, yeah, just like not trusting tr- that they will have any control that men are monsters and like, will just take advantage of them, you know, and like, uh, that they are, they need to be protected by his rules and by him, you know, and it, yeah, it just feels very like, very steeped in you know the patriarchal structure that is has been our structure of our society but then like because the end it's like oh it's a happy ending you know we we kind of can disregard that whole setup yeah i mean that is one of the 
problems of Shakespeare comedies in general is that uh, like in the tragedies, uh, all the everyone's dead. So there might have been shitty people, but they're all dead. And in the comedies, there's shitty people, and they get to marry the girl of their dreams. Right, right. right. Yeah, I mean, like, it's, yeah. And if you're going to do an adaptation, like, yeah, you don't have to, or, like, if you were just to even do a production of Taming of the Shrew, like, you know, being conscious of that and of the message you're sending, you can do a version of it that could be interesting. Who knows, you know? Um, But... Yeah, it feels like the movie is like, well, that's what the story is, so we have to follow it, you know. Mm. And then, I mean, the scene of detention where she just fucking flashes her her soccer coach slash the teacher in order to distract him so that Patrick can sneak out the window. And I'm just like, what? Come on. Like, and And she's like sort of embarrassed by it, but like Patrick is like, not every, it's not every guy who has a girl who would flash someone to get him out of detention. I'm just like, I'm, it was, it's so it's, this is again, the thing that I've talked about before. It's points of like movies about high schoolers where the people look like adults. So we don't think about the realities of like, what is this telling high schoolers that they should look and act like, you know, like these, Mm -hmm. if this was someone who was like 16, like that scene would be horrifying, you know, and it should be a horrifying scene, but it's just brushed off as like, isn't that funny because she's clearly at least 18, you know, like the actor is. So Right. What was definitely missing from that moment was um, a believable reaction from the PE coach who was know, just like, like mm, her. that was oh. bizarre. He was like, that was a bizarre thing. I, I don't think we're going to incorporate that technique because she's like, um, we can, we're going to distract the, the other soccer team. Um, and, and he's like, well, how were we, gonna get them to look the other way uh like this mm-hmm. um and yeah. he's just like what just right. weird <laughs> and it's instead of like oh jesus god no um uh, like at the yeah. very least even being like oh my job is on the line <laughs> look at all these witnesses I know, right, right. Um, seriously god i know it's really troubling um and there's one line that patrick says to cameron i think it's probably at the party when like Cameron is all sad because you know he sees that Bianca's with Joey where Patrick like looks at him and he says don't let anyone ever make you feel like you don't deserve what you want and to me that line just also like like I understand what the message could be meant to be which is like a good thing of like stick up for what for like what you believe in and like give everything your best shot or whatever but I feel like in the context of this movie what he's saying is like Bianca appears to not be interested in you, but don't let anyone, including her, tell you that you don't deserve her or you don't deserve to like keep pursuing her. You know what I mean? And like Mm -hmm. it works out in the end because she turns out, I guess she does like him because he's willing to just devote himself to her. It seems like that's the only reason she likes him. Um, But I feel like the message too just feels really troubling in terms of like if a girl seems as though she's interested in someone else or she's sort of doesn't want you like don't let that stop you from really continuing to pursue her um yeah hmm. it's inter- one thing that i do think is really interesting and this is also a thing that both movies have in common um is that bianca has lots of moments where 
she actually seems far smarter than she sort of like a, puts on at school. Sure. Yes. Um, which is also definitely something we see in Clueless as well for several of the characters. Um, and I wish that that was like further explored. Um, mm. Because yeah, she like has this persona of sort of like, oh, I'm just a ditzy, like airhead kind of idiot. Um, and then like has moments where she like has some sort of great arguments or, you know, uses big words or, you know what I mean? Or just right. like is intuitive. Um, Something I which, definitely yeah. thought was missing from the movie was a, like in the library when Joseph Gordon-Levitt asks her out, mm-hmm. I thought what was missing was a, just her looking and like, you know, it might not be believable that Joey's in the library, but he could just be in a library, like, I don't know, doing some fucking stupid, like putting gum between the pages of a book or something, but then like see him and then look back at Joseph Gordon-Levitt and then try to like say yes, because what becomes somewhat clear is that I felt like it was, it was, I guess I should say it was unclear whether or not she was going along with Cameron as a way of like getting a date to like get to Joey Mm -hmm. because, and like that just wasn't like what I would like is for that to be clear. And also to like see her basically, making that de- making that decision because otherwise it's like just not believable does uh, you it kind of just doesn't make sense as to why she says yes mm-hmm. you're just like oh she she's like you're asking me out like um well here's a problem my sister she can't like unless she goes out then no one else will and it's like well we've already seen her wanting to go out with Joey so we don't understand why she just immediately entertains this other person and mm-hmm. I w- I think it would have strengthened it if she, if we just see her see Joey and realize that he this person who is like gonna try to do something to get Cat to go out on a date then like we just understand why she's why that whole part of the plot exists and then basically she pulls a Heath Ledger in falling for her cat, you know, um, which is sort of what happened. There is, um, they are kind of, I don't know if foils is the right word, but it is re- sort of reciprocal there. The person that yeah. she's playing, she ends up like yeah. falling for falling realizing for. is getting a like unjust hand. Um, I, something that I'm struggling with, and I'm going to be super transparent is I, I'm, I'm going to, because these movies are so similar, I am going to be struggling to talk about this movie outside of comparison to Clueless. I know it's hard to do. Yeah. Um, Um, which maybe we can like, we could also pause and do some Clueless. Clueless I would love that. I, I would love that. Oh, oh, cool. Yeah. Let's do it. Um, Sorry, I feel like was there. Oh well, and this is also something I guess that will be a comparable to Clueless. But I just in this movie, I feel like her friend uh, Gabriel Union's character, like it feels like truly just sort of a token black character uh, who like disappears completely from the movie. Who like becomes sort of a backstabber 
and then just is gone and like we don't care about her at all anymore basically like we're not supposed to um yeah i think we're i think it's supposed to be a thing of like bianca like just sort of displaying the like shallowness of the life that she was living that like cat's right you shouldn't do what like people expect of you because if you like build your life on getting a tedious place in this like a delicate place in this like fragile social ladder then your -hmm. friends will be doing that too so they're not really your friends and then we see that with gabriel union but um also that that like there's another big plot there, which is a uh, plot hole there, which is that she goes to Gabriel Union goes to the, the prom with Joey. Mm-hmm. Well, Joey shows up to pick up Bianca in his like <laughs> boys to true. men yeah. wedding robes. Like that's true. That, and then what happened? Yeah. She clo- <laughs> and then the dad cl- shuts the door at his face, which right. meant that what did he just hop in the at, car, yeah. drive to Gabriel Union's house? And then she's like, Oh, let me find a dress to put on because I right. wasn't planning on going to the prom i mean yeah. i was like how did you do that in time totally that's crazy funny. That's funny. And, yeah. and and yes um it's fucking crazy that her best friend's name is mandela mandela her name is <laughs> fucking I know. mandela i know that, it's so funny i wonder if that's like i mean because i don't know the tammy of the shrew that well like is there a character whose name is similar to that who would have been like the cat? Uh, I mean, I guess that's like because yeah, don't I don't think know. that Catherine, like Catherine, has friends in in that. Mm-hmm. Um, I am gonna look but it yeah. up though because if it is, if if she does have a friend named Mandela, that would be the only right Why potential because it's not like clueless where like people are like the names are intentionally like sort of meant to feel like aloof and sort of wealthy you know what i mean like in clueless that's very much a thing anyways right. i feel like yeah let's talk about clueless we can talk about other things potentially with both you want to do that you ready i would love that go for it all right clueless okay so i just remembered one thing i want to write down so i don't forget okay i'm ready yeah i ain't seeing any mandela ain't no mandela they came up with <laughs> no that mandela. just for that fucking thing uh, i'm like holy shit <laughs> they so gave me oh my god yeah um, all right, Clueless. So this movie came out before uh, 10 Things I Hate About You, 95. Um, 95? And this is about Cher Horowitz, who is Cher a rich... Horowitz! <laughs> Are you going to do that for all that? Okay. Uh, a rich, popular... Okay, great. Beautiful teenager who lives Beautiful in... Beautiful teenager! <laughs> in an opulent Beverly Hills mansion with Hills. her father... Okay, I'm laughing, but I'm also like done. Okay, okay. Um, <laughs> uh, with her father, who is a very wealthy litigator. Um, her best friend Dion, who's also wealthy and popular, always seems to be in some kind of spat or argument with her boyfriend Murray. Um, Cher's stepbrother Josh, who is a socially conscious college student, comes to visit them. Uh, Josh and Cher mock each other a lot, but also spend a good amount of time hanging out. Uh, wanting a better grade on her report card, Cher becomes a successful matchmaker for two teachers at her high school, and the success of this makes her eager for another project. Enter Ty, a tragically unhip, quote-unquote, new student. Cher and Dion give Ty a makeover and sort of bring her into their fold. They try to spark a romance between her and a pop- another popular student, Elton, even though Ty is actually interested in a skateboarding slacker named Travis Birkenstock, but um, Cher and Dion push her away from pursuing him because that would be social suicide. 
Uh, Cher learns that Elton actually has a crush on her, and she spurns his advances, frustrated by the undignified and immature species of high school boy. She then meets Christian, who is a well-dressed, classy student who she wants to date because he seems so different from all the other high school boys. Um, he, however, they start hanging out, but he rejects her advances um, when she actually tries to make a move, and she learns from Murray that Christian is actually gay. Um, Christian and Cher become good friends. Uh, meanwhile, Ty becomes ever more popular, partially due to a near-death experience, supposedly, at the mall, when these two guys hold her upside down over a railing. Um, in her new popularity, Ty also comes over to Cher's house and she confesses to Cher that she has a crush on Josh, uh, Cher's stepbrother. Cher and Ty get into a fight over it and Cher realizes that she's actually in love with Josh. She then decides to make some awkward but sincere efforts to become a better person, uh, aiming to learn from all the unique and positive qualities in her friends that she's always maybe overlooked a little bit or just hasn't kind of taken taken into herself um Cher and josh admit their feelings for one another they kiss Cher and ty make up and ty dates travis birkenstock at last uh, the movie ends at the wedding of the two teachers Cher had set up where we see all the couples happily being couples together sick clueless 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 <laughs> made for 12 million dollars made 56.6 million dollars it was written as a pilot, which was passed on. Then later, it became a show which ran for three seasons. It started as a movie about a popular crowd. But, okay, now, uh, it started, <laughs> um, like, they were writing it as a movie about the popular crowd, but didn't really, like, have a story. The writer didn't have a, a story for it. But then she realized, like, she, then she just decided, oh, I'll... This character is similar to the character in Jane Austen's Emma. And then she went back and started making an adaptation of Emma. And 20, uh, 20th Century Fox, they bought it. Uh, they did not end up producing the film, though, because they wanted the writer, Amy Heckerling, to rewrite it to make it feature less women. What? Um, really? Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Uh, so then the Scott Rudin ended up uh, getting a hold of it and reading it. And so then he took it to Universal. Uh, this wow. movie made the careers of Alicia Silverstone. She had done like the crush before that. And that was, mm -hmm. that was it. And then this movie like catapulted her into fame. And then she's a big like green vegan advocate although she is um a, a in in the realm of gwyneth paltrow she's kind of a anti-vaxxer pseudoscientist um mm. stacy dash was uh she was dion 11 years older than alicia silverstone um wow. yeah she is uh canceled because mm. she is like a far-right republican anti-trans like fox news type personality um oh, three and... days ago there was an article in the daily beast called stacy dash on 25 years of clueless dion would be a republican and quote far from feminist that's stacy dash's take on dion yeah. anyways okay mm. <laughs> wow i don't i 
I don't actually know. I mean, granted, yeah. I, I, let's just say I maybe don't agree with that interpretation entirely. Um, mm. But yeah, the, it also made Brittany Murphy. Um, mm. Yeah, something I didn't know. So Brittany Murphy passed away in 2009. What mm. I didn't know is that her husband died five months later of pneumonia. So she died of like a respiratory infection. Her mm. husband died of pneumonia like five months later. Yeah. So people were trying to like speculating whether or not it was mold maybe, but nobody mm. knows. Wow. Yeah. Terrible. Um, and then it also, and then also Elisa Donovan played Amber. She had a, a brief career. She went on to um, do play she played or she reprised her role in the tv show and played joey fatone's love interest in the nsync drive myself crazy video um uh, <laughs> which wow. i my favorite uh fact about <laughs> anyone that we've talked about in this podcast ever um uh, and then it also gave us uh probably the biggest star next to alicia silverstone um in terms of being made by this movie donald Faison, who mm. went on to be turk in scrubs and he was also in uh, remember the titans Mm-hmm. Uh, who was also famous from this movie? Uh, Paul Wallace Shawn. Oh, mm-hmm. oh yes. Sorry. It also also Paul Rudd, but uh, we're not there yet. Um, Sorry, I apologize. So, yep, yeah, I guess I accept. Um, the screenwriter Amy Heckerling was already famous. She had written Fast Times at Ridgemont High, Look Who's Talking, European Vacation. Um, the Dan Hedaya, her dad was already famous. We already talked about Wallace Shawn from Princess Bride, and then uh, who was not yet famous is Paul Rudd. You know, Paul Rudd. I feel like yes, he was in this. He was in Friends. He was in um, Wet Hot American Summer. But it was his. I would say. I would argue his collaborations with Judd Apatow in the like mid two thousands anchorman 40 year old virgin knocked up that like create catapulted him to being like the Paul Rudd that yeah. we know today. Right. Yeah. Um, references um, a number of like slang, like, you know, uh, the big one is as if, mm-hmm. um, but also <laughs> like uh, you're a virgin who can't drive. Can't drive. And then oh, something that was wild is apparently in Killing Eve, I and I just watched rewatched this episode and I d- totally missed it. Um, when you've seen Killing Eve season two, yes, I have never seen Killing Eve. Oh, uh, Gina, I know it's on my I'm list. I'm sorry, we're gonna take a small break for you to get your shit together, okay? <laughs> Watch that fucking show. I and know, then, I know. I so, in the second episode, god damn it, don't spoiler it, mother. But okay, there's some reference. A character is in a situation where she calls somebody to get help, and the code name that this character uses is Cher Horowitz. Ah, cool. Boom. So when you watch season two, episode two of Killing Eve, you'll be like, get out of town. (laughs) So, boom. Uh, and you said you'd seen this movie a lot when you were growing up. Yes. Yeah. I had definitely, I, um, I don't remember if I 
owned it. I think I probably had the VHS, but I definitely had seen it quite a good amount, which I really only realized in watching it again, how like I knew so everything that was going to happen, you know, like, I was like, Oh, this right. scene. Oh, right. Cause that's going to happen. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I definitely watched it a lot. What about you? Same had it on the on VHS. Yeah. Um, although I realized this is one of those movies like Aladdin where for some reason, movies that I watched as a child, it's like, I have this very distinct separation from my brain in my brain between like the, like the beginning of movies and also like the the dark turn you know the the mm. dark night of the soul like i mm-hmm. feel like the 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 scene with ty at the fireplace where she's burning all of elton's stuff and she's turning on share i'm always like oh i thought that was like way later it would have it's mm. like for some reason i always feel like I fell asleep in the middle of the movie, woke up hours later, and then it turns out, oh, no, I had just blinked. And this mm-hmm. has been one continuous movie. I don't know why, but like I felt like that with Aladdin, too. But, um, yeah, it hmm. so Interesting, yeah. But that's yeah. just me. That's memory. No, that's the weirdness yeah. of memory, too. Mm. Uh, shall we vote? Let's vote. Let's vote. All right. Three, Three two, two, one. One. No. Keep it. Are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? It was like, if you said that you wanted to keep clueless, I was going to lose my shit. Are you fucking serious? That's so funny. This is so the better version of 10 things I hate about you, even though it's a different movie and it's the same movie. That's so funny. Okay. 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 You go first. Okay. Um, Because okay, something that 10 Things I Hate About You has that Alicia Silverstone doesn't uh, or that Clueless doesn't have is another woman in the immediate family of uh, the main character. So the only – we have this – all the, the female characters are attempting to basically be Bianca, to be like – ideal models for male attention both in terms of lovers and like motherly caretakers as she like attempts to be like her dad's wife by Mm -hmm. you know serving him meals and making sure that he maintains proper cholesterol and they value her for that they that is what they value in her and not even Paul Rudd when he's on top of the stairs and he's like, you're amazing and you're beautiful. And, and what you think I'm beautiful. Like he doesn't say that she's smart or like has a personality or, or does anything. He doesn't say anything, but the fact that like she's beautiful, she's valued exclusively for her abilities as like a a domestic person and there's no one in her group that balances that out at all every single woman is in the movie is somewhere on the spectrum of that like either they fail at that and they're and they're like a pariah or they're also really good at it and by that you mean like being uh being domestic like in some way? sex objects and like good mm-hmm. at being 
like a 70s wife or you know a, obviously a 19th century you know, you know, someone who's like super desirable for an arranged marriage um like i well i think so one thing uh there are all these moments earlier in the movie where we see like where paul red is responding to or sorry josh is responding to things share like says or does um you know that that are not about her appearance that like show little glimmers of of him like really like finding her like seeing that she is like she has like an interesting brain uh like their their moment in the car where where he's driving her back home and he's with his like girlfriend or somebody you know friend mm -hmm. whatever um and like the friend misquotes uh something from hamlet and then share you know like corrects her and the friend is like you know pretentious about i think i'd remember hamlet and shares like well i think i'd remember mel gibson and like you know she is like correct in her like uh, you know in what right. she says and like and so he loves the fact that like she's so obsessed with this guy that like she remembers his movies no he likes the fact that he's proud and like interested in the fact that she clearly has a good brain and like a memory and can like and was correct was right and stood up to this woman who was being uh really like patronizing towards her uh it doesn't have anything to, she doesn't even say like oh he's so handsome mel gibson i, I remember like she says i remember mel gibson and in the movie blah 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 like she's not you don't feel like saying, it was implying anything about why she might remember mel gibson not necessarily and if it was i mean like that's not the point of why he why he like reacted the way he did he reacted because she uh was correct and like stood up for herself in her very unique way you know what i mean i mean look i so I the don't. big thing for okay well fair i don't know how else to say it but like that's to me what that's what that moment was uh and like this movie, okay, to me, this movie is very clearly from the beginning uh, meant to be sort of commenting on and like satirizing the ridiculous world and lifestyle of Cher and her community. Um, all like in the background at school, for example, you always can see somebody, a, a girl with like a recently done nose job, like with a bandage over her nose or her chin or something. Um, and like all the, there are all these ways where I feel like the movie is like pointing out and like critiquing actually like the ridiculousness of this lifestyle. Um, and to me, like the, the, in the end, like, yes, I agree that like, yeah, Cher is very much like uh, taking care of her dad in a very like domestic, I am learning how to be a wife way. Um, which I certainly like, don't, I don't love that. I don't like that. Um, this movie though, also at the same time, like, just like with 10 things I hate about you, it's all about relationships and romance. You know, um, the fact that there isn't another like female character in her family, um, wasn't something that I like thought about because there are, it's so it, to me, it's also like so clearly so much more about, uh, female friendship than 10 things I hate about you was about friendship at all. Um, but I also I struggle with what it says about you know well so uh, I'm looking at the, my notes and you know Ty makes the comment um, you know shit you guys I've never had straight friends before and mm -hmm. 
the idea is like, oh, she's like grunge and you know wears flannel and ugly clothes and so only lesbians hang out with her and finally like women are are seeing her for her but they're not they're saying we're willing to take the time to transform you into one of us and and so it's like they're not really her friends they're like oh let's be friends just change everything about you totally but then because of that it doesn't, it fails. And like they fight and she becomes a worse version of herself. Uh, And then, but by the end of the movie, I feel like every single character is on track to like becoming the better version of themselves. I feel like all the characters have, have, have like learned from what's happened and are about, are like on the way to being more themselves, you know, including Ty who like in the end, like, yeah, she dates Travis because that's actually like what she wanted and she's not trying to pretend something else, you know, whereas earlier at the sort of height of her, um, her like popularity and therefore like viciousness, uh, where she was trying to adopt some of the things that, you know, the world of Cher and Dion, she was like really cruel to, to Travis. Whereas like Cher was never, that I remember, like really like cruel to anyone while she was popular, but she sort of realizes uh, you know, she, she like wants to be a better version of herself. She wants to like get out of the sort of, um, trap and, uh, of her, of like the lifestyle and the way that she treats other people and the way that she thinks about what's important, you know, in terms of like fashion and stuff and, and all those things. Um, so I do think that like by the end, like when the friends, when Ty and Cher make up, you know, that they make up and are in a way that they're sort of like, letting go of the reason that they fought was like jealousy over a guy and they finally are moving past that to uh to like focus on like their their friendship is more important and they just they both decide that uh and like that makes the point of fighting over a guy sort of moot um i also just want to talk about christian for a moment um because I feel like, yeah, I mean, I was in terms of like how the movie deals with uh, sort of non heteronormative heteronormativity or whatever. Um, Christian, I thought was I ended up like being really surprised by uh, like and appreciating some of the things that they ended up doing with him because essentially, like when we learn that he's gay, um, we like he isn't he so when we we learn that he's gay and then essentially like a scene later um is the scene where uh ty is like at where they're at the mall and ty mm. is being like held upside down and christian is the one who comes over and he like pulls her down he like shoves one of the guys and like yells at one of them or something right. and essentially like to me that moment it was like the only reason that it happened really was like showing us that this movie is not commenting on like questioning his masculinity or his or like putting him into a particular like box of, of like, he's gay. Therefore all he cares about is like fashion and shopping, you know, Mm -hmm. like that he also uh, is like also a man, you know? Um, And I just thought that that was like a a great moment to, to give us and, and that he wasn't like made fun of, you know, it was sort of like Mm -hmm. Cher was like, Oh, I can't believe I didn't see that. Um, I feel like an idiot or something, you know? And then like, they become friends and it's, you know, and it's not sort of. Yeah. I mean, that 
I thought it was cool one that like the second she realizes it, it's like, oh, immediate transition. There's no like weird alienation or anything. It's just boom, mm -hmm. flip, and relationship continues. And I'm not trying to like force it to be any other thing. Um, and also like <laughs> something that they got right about, you know, and yeah, sure, I'll I'll make a generalization, but it's a favorable one. Um, you know, uh, gay people get shit a lot mm -hmm. and so they do, they tend to um be really good at standing up to people that are trying to give shit mm -hmm. um they don't they're not like cowering they'll often be the ones to like step forward and stand up for people because like they often have are put in positions where they have to stand up to people um so mm -hmm. i think that that was like not yeah. only not like making him seem like weak because of his sexuality, but also sort of capturing potentially the nuance of like mm -hmm. of that sexuality. Um, mm -hmm. Now, yeah. Something that I did with uh, one thing that I thought was, how did you feel about the moment when Donald Faison, you know, cause he could be all, like always calls Dion woman. How mm -hmm. did you feel about, when he called a woman and she was like, stop calling me woman. And he was like, now he was like, okay, blah, blah, blah. And, like, and by the way, you know, street slang, while containing meanings that are often mocking, they do not contain necessarily misogynistic undertones and like smiles mm -hmm. and walks away. And they're kind of like, oh, oh, he's, he's growing. But mm -hmm. like that slang does contain inherently misogynistic undertones. Yeah. I wish I could, I wish I had written down the exact quote. Uh, I wonder if I can find it. I, I was just like, mm, that, that is like, while I, I get what. Okay. My street playing is an increasingly valid form of expression. Most of the feminine pronouns do have mocking, but not necessarily in misogynistic undertones. That's what he said. Right. Yeah. I mean, um, I think. And they're mocking that... predominantly because they're misogynist. Right. I mean, he says not necessarily. Yeah, it's interesting. I, th I, it's, it's, it's like a step along the journey of like thinking about what you're saying. I think you know what I mean. And like, um, I think it's just like an interesting moment of like interrogating why he's been calling her woman. You know what I mean? Like, um, but I yeah, but it totally does have misogynistic undertones. So it would have been nice if there was like another moment later or something where right. like that thought could be completed or sort of pushed further of realizing like oh actually yes like because he's acknowledging the mocking there but he's not acknowledging the source of them which is the misogynistic undertones right um yeah yeah so i felt like if that had been like step two of like a three-step uh because like we have the first one where you know several where he just like calls her woman and she's like i don't like i hate when you call me woman and then he stops and then this one and then if there had been like a third one where, you know, he sort of like said something else, kind of completing this thought journey that would have been, that would have been helpful. But yeah, it did in the movie, it kind of felt like a moment that was meant to like show that, you know, show like he has been, he is intelligent and he's like, um, got, he's like thinking about these things, but, it, but like, if you look at actually what he's saying, like, he's not, he's not actually like saying, you're right, I shouldn't do this. He's kind of defending 
calling right. her a woman and mm-hmm. like giving people something to say if they choose to like start calling people like woman mm-hmm. then they go don't call me woman they're now like armed with a witty retort mm-hmm. as to why they should be able to continue doing as such mm-hmm. eh. yeah totally well and this is so now that we can talk about both movies a little bit potentially um i did hear some i wish i wrote it down somebody in clueless said bitch one time um i wish i wrote when and who um but i was just thinking like in 10 things i hate about you there were so many bitches cast around Mm. um and i don't know i just was thinking about even like the language of both of these movies and like the um and of course because 10 things i hate about you is adapted from taming of the shrew like there's intentionally all this like oh she's such a bitch or she's a shrew she's a you know bitch 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 um and like in this movie i appreciated that like we we almost didn't hear it at all and then there was somebody who said bitch it might have been murray like during the driving um like when they drive onto the freeway like in the moment of panic there i wish i remembered where it was maybe or Um, maybe in the maybe elton oh yeah it could have been elton in the in the car like i don't know yeah he might have been like don't be such a bitch oh man i really wish i wrote it down if so if it was elton in the car then like yeah then that's um you know he's meant to seem wrong and like an asshole yeah exactly (laughs) he's such a piece of shit right um yeah but so i don't know and i was i when i was watching 10 things i hate about you there were so many parts of it like especially the teachers and like the interactions with the teachers that i was like um are we supposed to take this whole world seriously or is this like meant to be kind of in some way a satire or like somehow critical and i just like couldn't tell with 10 things i hate about you and something I like really felt in Clueless was like how quickly um, there was clearly like a lens of, I thought, like a lens of critique on just like the world um, and the like the the values of Cher and and the people in her world. I mean, even like if you think about like the PE class, like they uh like they're playing, they're doing like tennis and it's just like everyone lines up and you, and like, you know, it also pans down and we see like the ridiculous fashion that people are wearing. And like, you know, it's like a tennis ball shooter and one person at a time like goes up and swings at a ball and like that's PE class. And yet all, you know, people are like making excuses about like, you know, like Dion says something of like, oh, my tennis trainer doesn't want me to like, uh, you know, do anything that would get in the way of like his training regimen you know, and like all these things that are like mm-hmm. so clearly ridiculous, um, uh, but like, and like just steeped in this sort of separate wealthy bubble kind of worldview. Um, so yeah, so and by the end, I just, I do feel like Cher, we, we like, we see Cher like start to learn to question her values, you know, and, um, and like, and beginning to change for the better and like to me that's really honestly like the only or biggest reason i i say that i want to keep this um is like to me the sense of critique that's present throughout and then like the fact that by the end it feels like everyone 
including and maybe especially like the female characters who had the most contentious relationship, which I'd say would be Ty and Cher, are all are like ending the movie um, on the path to be better versions of themselves. And at the same time, of course, it is a movie that's exclusively about romantic relationships. So like, unfortunately, none of them has really anything else. Um, you could say in 10 Things I Hate About You, Kat has her, you know, that she wants to go to Sarah Lawrence and she's been accepted. But really, like, by the end of the movie, the fact that she's with Patrick sort of uh, obscures this thing of like, oh, wait, but she's like, we're supposed to be mostly like so happy that she's found this beautiful romance with him. But like, well, no, she's about to she's going to like go to Sarah Lawrence in the fall. And that's actually like what's best for her. What's best for her is not like. Right. But she's not, but the movie doesn't even put her in a position to like like she doesn't even like remotely get sad or think about the fact that like they're that it's going to be difficult to maintain that relationship while they're apart or maybe they won't even maintain the relationship at all like they don't even it's not even like a point of remote contention that you know they've got three months and then she's moving across the country yeah exactly like I feel I mean I feel like it to me it just sort of uh, undercuts what she's valued this whole time which is why she doesn't why she doesn't because she, like because like we don't uh, like she i feel like in the end we're supposed to feel swept away by her romance with him um where but like it feels like the movie was trying to set up that like the most important thing to her was this educational accomplishment um and then i don't know by not even like bringing that into the conversation or something with patrick um but wouldn't like bringing it into the conversation i mean unless she were to say something along the lines of but just so you know in september i'm moving to new york i'm pretty positive that sarah lawrence mm -hmm. is in new york state like i'm moving yes. to new york by the way <laughs> Mm -hmm. And that's just the, like, that's just the way it is. Like, or I guess other than that, I mean, what wouldn't like actually even seem to know that she's going there. Like, I don't think she's talked about what she wants to do with him. Like a moment of like him celebrating. Yay. You're going to Sarah. Lo I don't know. Like maybe I'm asking too much of the movie or like re um, like it is really, it, okay. It is. Yeah. She has this aspiration um, which presumably she will do because, you know, we know she wants it. Her dad's put the deposit down. She's certainly, she's going to Sarah Lawrence. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Maybe I mean, I feel like you're right in that it is not as good as it could be. Like this would make it better to see her tell him that her dad has agreed to, um, let her go to Sarah Lawrence and then see his ec excitement about that. Um, mm -hmm. Or, you know, in a way, some sort of reprise of, you know, not letting anyone make you feel like you don't deserve what you want, et cetera. Mm. Um, right, right. But if that conversation happened any way other than I'm doing this and then than him being yeah just like immediately 
uh, like excited for her, then 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 to me it just it like becomes a net negative. So to me, like there's that sort of neutral that like there's that one that's a positive. There's the neutral one, which is basically ending the story before we hear that conversation, mm-hmm. and then everything else to me is sort of worse mm-hmm. than the way the movie did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's fair. I think I, yeah. So, hmm. I, I tell you, <laughs> Jaina, I'm all or nothing on this one. I'm all or nothing. <laughs> you know, if, if we get rid of 10 things I hate about you, we got to get rid of clueless. If we get rid of them all, what? I buy that. I buy that, but I I what? I am fir- wait, affirmedly wait, wait, wait. Why? all or nothing the same, on this. But they are uh, there are differences. Like I don't know. I that agree. We there have are differences. To just get rid of both of them. It's tough. It's really tough because I mean, yeah, my like keep clueless. I don't know. It's not like I think it's like uh, I don't know. Like I I just. <sighs> like we don't see, with the exception of like. Miss Geis, who's just like supposed to be like an unsalvageable uh, nerd. Like we don't, we we don't we. It's hard. While while Cher has like a um, like a regimen of enhancing their minds and bodies, it does not seem to be independent of impressing men totally. and so like we don't see any women in that movie who want to do well, anything okay. for themselves okay wait wait okay so now i'm thinking more about like specific moments i feel like um okay there are things though like i think they're academic uh like they clearly also like they being like sharon dion um holds like their academic standing and like highly I mean of course like the way that Cher goes about changing a grade is uh you know not (laughs) like uh good I suppose um but even things of like you know um I don't know like because that to me tells me uh, she like wants to keep her father happy but doesn't necessarily value like actually being good at academics. I mean, she doesn't like study or make good, you know, arguments and debate. Right. I mean, she like, she, you know, she talks like she has Thai, like she wants Thai to like learn this new word for Thai and like use it. You know, I, I don't know. Like there is, there is a sense of like a, some desire for like mental acuity um, which feels unrelated to the pursuit of guys because, uh, it, you know, because the pursuit of guys seems so much about appearances. Um, like the idea of like, how, like, will you, what, but you know, what, you'll be expected to hold a conversation with him. Like that's never something that's talked about as like a part of the pursuit of men or men's attention. Um, so like it, it, it feels a bit as though there is some, uh, you know, some sort of like academic desire to like learn, but, but yeah, it's not clear. It's not really fully expressed. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah, I mean, okay, I, we could get rid of them both. We could get rid of them both, uh, I guess. That, I mean, I yeah, I, like, I just, it's, it's, yeah, yeah. That, that I can live with. That I can live with. <laughs> I can live with that. I can live with that. Uh-huh. I could not live with keeping clueless and getting rid of some things I hate about you. <laughs> I could so not do funny. it. Yeah. Would you have lived with keeping? Well, yeah. Okay. Well, obviously it was my votes, but right, like, right, right. That was it, your vote. True, true. Right. No, yeah. But, but, but I mean, it, it's not a perfect movie. And so like you're, and you're like all your points about it are like valid. So like, you know, yeah. yeah. If it's scoring negative on the scale, you know, let's we can yeah we can get rid of it yeah i'd say it's far from a perfect movie it's a troubling movie but yeah but i but so there are lots of things about clueless that certainly are as well um one thing i noticed just to say about clueless this has no say sway on like keep it or not but um when it was over only when it was over i thought back and i was like wait i don't know that there was a single scene in that movie without share in it Sometimes mm. she was like a spectator or sort of in the background. Um, but I was trying to think about other movies where that was the case. Oh, there, no, yeah, okay. Even the one where the only one that just popped in my head was Josh and his dorm room, but she was on the phone She's with him. And that's him, why, yeah. yeah. So I feel like it, it was, which is really interesting of like usually, like there's really no, the plot of the movie, um, just thinking like technically for a second, is not like, uh, the typical plot because really it's about like it's completely about this one character and it's sort of like the beginning she gets an idea in the pursuit of that idea she gets another idea in the pursuit of that she does something else you know what I mean like it's sort of like one thing leads to the next versus like this is my goal in this movie um, which is so interesting because and it like makes it a strange watch sometimes like watching it it feels there's something about it that feels like off because it's not really following like that traditional story structure like well it's definitely have... from her point of view like yeah. i mean the fact that she is sort of narrating it as well i mean it's like mm-hmm. from her point of view so basically anything that is um like outside of what she is experiencing in the story she's like she wouldn't be like it's basically in first person. So if she's not there, then she's not there to tell it. All the scenes that like would take place in a third person movie are, they are mentioned in voiceover. Totally. But like, I couldn't think of another example of a movie that's like that. Like there are other movies with voiceover, um, like Forrest Gump or dances with wolves. But like in those movies, there are plenty of scenes that don't involve that main character who is like the one narrating. Um, and probably there is some example. I just like could not think of it. Like where that main character is in every single scene. Right. Uh, I am certain <laughs> that they exist, but I don't, I mean, I, I, I just can't think of it on the spot, mm-hmm. but it, yeah. Yeah. Also, well, think of it, also um, <laughs> in Clueless, like not only, is she 15 and Paul Rudd is like minimum 18, but he's not referenced as being a freshman in college. So he's as old as 21. Like not only is this a like statutory 
relationship. Like, he's, I mean, he's her first kid. Mm-hmm. He could be, yes, he could be 17. That's, but we don't that's know. That's true. true. He I feel could like be they 17. do make some mention of college, of him being new to college, but maybe I'm, maybe not. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, he, um, I mean, yeah, he, like, he's also her first relationship at all. Like, he. I don't. I, he, well, yeah. whether or not they have sex, we don't know. But she clearly has, you know like, is? a courting ritual. You know what I mean? Like, we learn through her courting Christian that, like, she's, she, like, has. No, but she gives before. that whole speech in the beginning about how she doesn't date high school boys. Mm-hmm. Well, but she's only a sophomore, so like there hasn't really been an it's not like she has had time to like make that decision. You know, she like she quote, you know, high school boys are trash. We have no evidence in the film that she like and besides in that courting ritual, she's like always have something baking. She drops like Right. She does she fails at that. Right. <laughs> like she just like to the point of not only does she burn it, but like she just like drops a log. I mean, this is it's akin to like Michael Scott printing the the negotiating strategies off Wikipedia. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it is just she very. I mean, it just doesn't seem to know like absolutely anything all at all about the things mm-hmm. that she's claiming should be done. Um, mm-hmm. So I, it seems yeah. to me like it it is. Yeah, I don't know. Absolutely. Yeah, it, her cer- it certainly could be. First, first. relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and there's like a weird moment where, where there's like one spot um, with, with her dad where like he, where like Josh is like, I'm going to go to that party also that like he knew she was going to. And we see the dad like kind of look after him as he goes and like chuckle. Mm-hmm. And it's like, are you, I mean, technically, I guess, you know, there's step siblings. So like technically yeah, they, it's okay. But are yeah, you like they, happy about this slash encouraging right. this relationship? <laughs> and they're big. Um, and I, I get hearing her talk about it. I think that she was only, I think that he was only married to Josh's mom for like a yeah, short period of time. Like yeah, a, yeah. I got that sense. Um, and so, yeah but i mean even the fact that she's like you know after they kiss then it cuts to a wedding and you know it's miss geis and wallace sean and then she's like as if this is california not kentucky and and i'm (laughs) like well that kind of is undercut by the fact that you are dating and you catch the bouquet (laughs) and like you imply (laughs) that you're gonna get fucking married like Mm -hmm. what are you talking Mm -hmm. about like what no i know like when people say this isn't kentucky it isn't teen marriage that they're talking about right right (laughs) yeah totally all right we're getting rid of them both all right goodbye goodbye to the whole category potentially there's the only you know of high school movies from the 90s you know uh essentially what we're saying if it must be it it, (laughs) it must be i mean they're Lots of things become big old trends and, yeah. you know. We might, I wonder if we would have Mean Girls, well, I mean, Mean Girls would be an interesting one to revisit. Maybe we, mm. but when we get to the 2000s, we will, but. Um, yeah, I mean. Because that feels very, ins- there's just, again, the tropes, the tropes of these high school movies, where they originated, 
I don't right. know. Perhaps. But this also would be but... told from the point of view of Ty. And also like because she is sort of infiltrating Cher's group, not she isn't Cher. And then Lizzie Kaplan's character in Mean Girls definitely sort of I mean, yeah. at least yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to find out. Oh, no, no, I don't. Is Lizzie Kaplan a actor? Lizzie Kaplan is the Lizzie Kaplan is her like goth friend. Oh, okay, gotcha. Who yeah. basically follows a similar trajectory like Mandela. to um well she's more like cat really because like mm, she used yeah. to be popular and friends with right, right. uh regina and then she got weird and became like mm -hmm. an outcast um mm -hmm. yeah yeah but, so. but regardless like the like you know i don't know like we're adopting you into our popular circle we're gonna mm. you're our project we're changing you in the end you realize that like being yourself is the right choice you know i don't know yeah it just would be interesting to see if we if we end up keeping mean girls or not I don't yeah know. i don't know um but we'll get there uh, we're not quite we there we've got one will. more special 90s episode coming for you next week it's a right. very very be different vibe than this be week be um so stick around for that yeah all and right will be our goodbye to the 90s mm. all right it's been a long Kiss goodnight. It's been a long um, road. Which is not one of the movies that we're doing next week. But, no. yep. Yeah. So, uh, hope everyone's uh, staying happy and healthy and uh, yeah, paint by yeah, numbers follow and follow us. Rock <laughs> doing rising. Their needle point. Do your needlepoint. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter. Like and subscribe. Fucking comment on fucking iTunes and uh, say an extra fucking in your diary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Keep a right. diary to catalog this experience and wash your hands. Wash your hands. All right, let's take it out on some letters to Cleo. Oh. I can't remember if yeah. it was I want, want, want me. Actually, you know, Bad Reputation was in both movies. It was playing in the background in some scene in Clueless. Well, also, was, like. Course, in the beginning of Cats and. Yeah. Yeah. Opening with opening what? with teens in a in a convertible in a car, in, yeah, in a car okay. that has no roof is also yeah. something we have in both of them. That's so funny. Yeah. This podcast is produced by Rock Rising. Come follow us on Instagram, and if you want to hear more podcasts, visit rockrising.org. Thanks.